Hello, podcast. Claire here, if you didn't already know <laughs> who the voice coming through the microphone was, but I guess for conversation's sake, I should introduce myself to any new listeners we might have here on the pod. But if you are new around here, first of all, I am so glad you are joining us. But my name is Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian behind the microphone. And really everything that you see, hear, feel, I guess you don't really feel things from me, but see or hear from yours truly nutrition. So like I said, if you're new around here, this is episode 90. So you got a couple of episodes to catch up on. If you've been with me for 90 and counting, I want to thank you for coming back and tolerating maybe laughing sometimes at my cringe jokes. I don't know if tolerate or laugh is a more appropriate way to talk about my jokes. I find them funny. You might find them cringeworthy, but regardless, really happy that you are here. So I have a little bit of an interesting episode for you here today. I know for the past couple of weeks, maybe even like a month and a half or so, I have been highlighting some really awesome conversations that I have been having with some guests here on the podcast. But today we are taking it back to our roots. We are going back to a solo episode, me, myself, and the mic, and you, of course, when you are listening. So this episode was actually actually meant to be episode 83 of the podcast, which was seven episodes ago. Did I do my mental math correctly? If not, you can laugh at me wherever you are. But I recorded this episode the week prior to everything getting really crazy and chaotic with COVID-19. And I felt at that time that it wasn't really quite appropriate to not address all that was going on that week on the podcast. So I know when I am recording this currently, the day I'm recording this, it is April 27th. We are still in the midst of everything with COVID-19. But if you missed that episode, again, go back. I believe it should be 83 or 84, somewhere in there. And also my episode two weeks ago with Molly Bremer. We had a lot of awesome conversation and some good resources, some support for how to manage everything that is going on in our world now and the stress and the uneasiness you might be feeling when it comes to your intuitive eating journey and nourishing your body and normalizing food and all of those things that also need to be happening here in the midst of the craziness that is going on. So again, Hope you are doing well. You're hanging in there with all that is going on. There are plenty of resources, COVID-19 and intuitive eating a couple of episodes ago, but if you're looking to maybe take a break from talking about all things COVID-19, I know there's a lot to be talked about there. And at the same time, it might sometimes be nice to focus on other topics and to learn about other topics. Then that is what I am bringing you here today on the podcast. So I'm actually going to let Claire from a month and a half ago <laughs> intro the episode and do the goal slayer post of the week and kind of get back to normal there with the show. But I have edited out my intro for that episode and we're putting this one in there. So here in a moment, you'll maybe hear and see where it transitions back into three and a half, four weeks ago, Claire. But without further ado, 
I guess I'll just give the floor to her. <laughs> hope she makes you laugh. I hope she brings you some joy today. But yeah, without further ado, here we are, episode 90, flashing back to about a month ago. So enjoy. Like I mentioned, I will be going solo. Get excited for today's episode to talk about the difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating. I wrote a post on social media about this recently, and there was some good conversation there, and it is something that I find coming up a lot in my conversations with clients and in some content that I come across on a daily basis. So I thought it might be helpful to talk about the difference, talk about some tips and strategies if you are curious about implementing some more mindful eating tools into your life. So get excited for that. But before we dive in, you know what we got to do here on the pod. We have to feature our Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. So let me find it on my computer here, found it. So this post is coming from a member of our community. I have actually featured at least one of her posts before here on the podcast. She is a really active and such a supportive member of our free online Facebook community. So big shout out to her. And this post that I'm about to read is a little bit lengthy. So hopefully I don't stumble over my words too much when I'm reading it, but I think all parts of it are really important. So bear with me as I read through this. And she received a lot of incredible support on this post. It might be one of the most liked and commented and engaged with posts in our community. So I'm really hopeful that you who are listening might find this helpful or might feel that this resonates with where you are now or maybe where you have been or where you might be headed at some point on your intuitive eating journey. So she writes, I took six bags worth of clothes that didn't fit me anymore out of my closet and dresser. It was an overwhelmingly emotional experience for me, and I don't know if my sharing it will trigger these feelings for anybody else. So please be compassionate to yourself and read only if you are comfortable. No specific clothing sizes listed. And then she has a big old space in her post to give anybody the opportunity to jump ship. So if you are listening to the podcast here and you would not like to hear the remainder of this post, feel free to skip ahead, maybe about three, four minutes from here and you do not have to listen. But as she mentions, there are no specific clothing size listed, no weight. So there are no specific triggers. She's just sharing the general experience in and of itself. So then she begins. I started my intuitive eating journey just a couple of months ago after years of yo-yo dieting and weight cycling. I'm going to be on I'm going to be going on a long beach trip at the end of March and I realized that I don't own any summery clothes that fit me anymore. So I went to Target to revamp my wardrobe and although I take great pride in the steps that I've taken to be more body neutral and intuitive, I still broke down crying in the middle of the dressing room. As soon as I didn't fit into a size that I I thought I should be able to wear, it hit me like a ton of bricks. All of the weight stigma I've endured until now just hit me. For years, I suffered feeling down under the guise of, I'll lose weight soon, this is just temporary, or I'll fit better if I lose X pounds. But the truth hit me today. I just don't fit into straight sizes anymore, and all of that fear and anxiety and deep sadness associated with that couldn't be stopped all in that moment. But... Reframe. 
it's okay, I cried it out and I found some cute t-shirts and even dresses that were comfortable and fit me. I have enormous privilege to still be able to shop at Target and even some of the shirt designs I really like didn't come in my size, or even if some of the shirt designs I really like didn't come in my size. And then I came home and I got rid of everything in my closet that didn't fit. Six bags of clothes ranging in all sorts of sizes that I clung to in hopes that I would fit into them again someday. Some of these clothes were at least five years old. I deserve to fit into clothes now, to feel good now, and to be cute now. It was so therapeutic to get rid of these clothes. I'll let my sister dig through them and then I'll donate the rest. If you read this, thank you. I don't feel comfortable sharing this type of thing with many people, but I felt the need to share this as part of my journey. And then she included there at the bottom of her post one photo of all of the clothes in a pile on the bed and then the other photo of the six bags of clothes that she mentioned in her post bagged up and ready to be donated or passed down to someone else who might find benefit from them. So I really don't think this post warrants a lot of explanation, but I wanted to share it here on the podcast to let you know that if you're at a point where parting with some clothes that don't feel comfortable on you anymore, that don't fit your here and now body, If that is a part of the journey that you are in or resonating with now, then maybe you can take this post to heart and hear a little bit about what she says about how therapeutic and good it felt to part with some of those clothes and fill that gap in her closet with things that fit her now, that she feels comfortable in now, that she feels good wearing. Because no matter where you are in this journey, no matter your size, no matter your shape, no matter your weight, you deserve to clothe yourself in ways that feel comfortable and in ways that fit because it is really challenging to free up mental space to think about bigger and better things in life or to shift your focus away from thoughts about food and your body if you are physically uncomfortable or if you are reminded every minute of every day of um, things along this journey because you are uncomfortable quite physically in the clothes that you are wearing. So again, a big thank you to this goal slayer for stepping up and sharing a little bit of her journey. I cannot even describe to you, podcast family, all of the support and all of the comments that she received of people just raising their hand and saying, me too, or oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one which is really the power of community when we can come together and share and let everyone know that we are not struggling alone, that our challenges that we face are not entirely unique because although we individually are unique and we're on our own journeys, many parts of these journeys will parallel and we can find some comfort and support and knowing that other people might be up against some of the same challenges. So if you are wanting to be in this community where we talk about things like this, where you're hearing from me on a daily basis, but you're also hearing from other people who are on their own journeys and you want to find comfort and community on some of these topics and kind of like a a solace or a little oasis away from the big, bad, pervasive diet culture that is everywhere. You are more than welcome to come and join us here in our Goal Slayer community. So... 
If you are not there already, the best ways to do that is to either search in Facebook the Yours Truly Goal Slayers and hit request to join. Once you do so, I will message you privately with the link to the brief application that is needed to join. So keep an eye on your message inbox. The other way that you can get your hands directly on this application is by visiting my bio on Instagram at Claire Tuning. Clicking the drop down link in my bio and choosing the option that says, join our Facebook community. You guessed it, super obvious, I know. And that will take you immediately to the application once you fill it out and submit, just so we are on the same page with some guidelines and some rules and the purpose of our community, then I will send you the request to join from there. So that said, da, 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 transition music that we always do week to week, kind of cringe. I said earlier I have cringe jokes and cringe tendencies, so welcome again if you're new here. But I would love now to dive into the main topic that I have prepared for this solo podcast episode about what is the difference, if any, between mindful eating and intuitive eating. So as I said a couple of moments ago, I created a post a little bit earlier last week. If you're listening to this podcast in real time, it still should be near the top of my feed on Instagram and Facebook, but talking about what mindful eating is and what it isn't and what the difference is between mindful eating and intuitive eating. I don't know about you, but if you are on social media in any capacity at all, I oftentimes, and maybe you see this as well, but I see these two concepts or these words being used interchangeably. So I will sometimes see blog posts or articles talking about intuitive eating, but they're calling it mindful eating. And again, they're kind of swapping these ideas as if they are the same thing. But in reality, they are not the same thing. Sure, they go together and they can complement one another, but they're actually two entirely different concepts. So the way that I will encourage you to think about it in the brief definition or overview that I will provide before we head into this conversation is intuitive eating is a framework. It is much bigger, it's a bigger concept than mindful eating, and this framework is made up of 10 well-defined, research-informed, health-at-every-size or haze-aligned principles. It was put forth by the two incredible dietitians who you may know as Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. They are the two pioneer dietitians of our time that created this concept as we know it today, and they're about to be on their fourth, I believe, edition of their book, Intuitive Eating. The newest edition comes out here in June, I believe, of this year, 2020, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but again, it's this, this overarching framework made up of these principles that cover things like ditching the diet mentality, making peace with food, acknowledging the inner food police voice that we all have. And then uh, later in the principles comes things like gentle nutrition, coping with your emotions, using kindness, joyful movement, all of these things. So really, as you can see, intuitive eating is uh, encompassing a lot of different concepts and ideas. We're talking about 
food. We're talking about emotion. We're talking about gentle nutrition. We're talking about movement. So it is about the food, but it's also about our relationship to the food, our relationship to movement, our relationship to our coping skills there, and talking about coping with our emotions using kindness. So again, it is this big concept, this idea of the framework that I work with all of my clients in a one-on-one fashion to walk through in a way that makes sense for them. The 10 principles of intuitive eating are kind of our guiding light, but when I am working with someone in a one-on-one fashion, we don't necessarily have to go throughout these principles in a step-by-step fashion. Of course, we touch on all of them, throughout our time together as a team, but we don't necessarily have to proceed in chronological order. We might start with ditching the diet mentality, then we might go to acknowledging the food police, then maybe we talk about honoring our hunger and connecting to satiety. So again, it gives us this really awesome guiding light or this framework, but it gives us a bit of flexibility in how we approach some of these topics that all relate to healing our relationships with food and our bodies. So again, intuitive eating is the framework. It's the 10 principles. It is the research-informed, haze-aligned approach to creating that strong bond between food, body, mind, spirit, all of those good things. Mindful eating on the other hand, is a tool. So it's not necessarily that overarching framework, but it is a tool that can most definitely fit into the framework that is intuitive eating. And by using this tool of mindful eating or connecting with all of our senses and the sensations that arise within our bodies throughout an eating experience, it can really help some of those principles of intuitive eating that I just mentioned, those 10 principles. It can help many of them come to life and make sense and feel more accessible in the context of our daily lives. So again, that is my general definition or distinction that we will use going forward. Intuitive eating is the framework. Mindful eating is the tool that can fit into the framework, but it is by no means the same exact thing. And these phrases can't really be used interchangeably. So As you can see, these two concepts are most definitely related and they are complementary to one another, but again, they're not the same exact thing. So again, as I mentioned a couple of moments ago, I do talk about all principles of intuitive eating and mindful eating as well in all of my one-on-one clients or with all of my one-on-one clients throughout our time together as a team. Um, But when we are approaching this topic or the tool, that is mindful eating, I like to make a couple of things very clear throughout these conversations. And before I get to the things that I like to make clear, I'd actually like to share a story that happened maybe a couple of months ago at this point with a client who I have been working with for a good amount of time up until this point, but when we had this conversation, I wanna say it was maybe about three or four months into our journey as a team. So conversation had kind of lended itself in a way that we have stumbled upon the topic of mindful eating as a way to connect with some of the things that she was wanting to access or maybe feel throughout some of her eating experience. 
experience. So uh, experiences. So I said, okay, you know, how might it feel if we have a conversation about the tool that is mindful eating and how you can use it throughout some of your eating experiences to be able to get more satisfaction out of eating or to really open up some pathways to be able to self-connect and feel what pleasant hunger or what pleasant fullness or satisfaction might feel like in your body throughout these experiences. And she says, Claire, I think that would be a great idea. I always like to ask my clients, how would you feel if we breach this topic? Because as I always assure my clients, I want our coaching calls to be a conversation, not just me coming in and saying, you have to work on X, Y, and Z things, right? It really is this collaboration and this team approach. So she said, yep, let's go ahead and step in that direction. So I always preface conversations about mindful eating to say it is, again, a tool. It's not a rule. It's not something that we have to do every time we sit down to eat. It's not something that we're doing with the intention to convince ourselves that we should be eating less or we're trying to manipulate our food intake to therefore manipulate our bodies or lose weight. And as I was kind of prefacing all of this and sharing with her just the disclaimer, we will talk about this, but I just want to clarify that we're not approaching this from the should and shouldn't perspective or from the you have to or this is a rule or you have to eat less as a consequence of eating mindfully. As I was sharing that, she kind of had a surprised look on her face. I love working with this client because she is very expressive and I can always tell when we are in a conversation that is really hitting home or challenging maybe a perspective that she previously had, she very much shows that on her face. So I paused and I said, what's up? Is everything okay? Or I'm kind of curious, how is this landing for you? And she paused for a moment. She absorbed my question. She was soaking it in. And she said, Claire, I've never had anyone explain mindful eating to me in this way. She says, you know, whenever it has been approached in the past, it really has been from this lens of it has to be done at every meal. You have to chew your food X number of excessive times before you swallow the food. It has to look this way. And as a result, I felt like I should be eating less or my eating experiences should look a certain way as a result of engaging in this process. And of course, in the past, it has been framed in a way to help me manipulate my body more specifically to help me lose weight. And I said, you know, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And I'm not totally surprised because we live in a world that takes many concepts like mindful eating that are weight neutral rather inherently, right? Mindful eating is a way to connect with your body, enhance satisfaction, figure out your preferences around food. Again, all topics that are weight neutral that have nothing to do with manipulating our food intake or manipulating our body. But the culture that we live in has a really interesting way of twisting this life enhancing weight neutral practice and making it something to fit the lens 
of making our body smaller, manipulating our food intake, which is just like the sneaky nature of diet culture, right? So I said, I'm really not surprised that that is the information that you've received before or how you have internalized this conversation about mindful eating, but I'd like to offer you a permission slip here to open up your perspective a little bit to see that it is an inherently weight neutral practice and we don't necessarily have to view it through this lens of I'm doing this to eat in a certain way or to have this specific outcome or to manipulate my weight. It really can be something that is viewed through the lens of feeling better when we eat or having more pleasant eating experiences or feeling more satisfied when we are done. So if you are listening here today and this is really hitting home for you, like, oh my goodness, I have never heard mindful eating talked about in this way, I'll offer you that same permission slip that I offered her to just kind of enter into this conversation with an open mind and ask yourself, well, what might it feel like to take this practice or this tool that is often twisted by diet culture and approach it in a way that is supportive of putting me in the driver's seat and giving me back my autonomy and pleasure and connection around food. And I find oftentimes when we can work on that mindset shift and that reframe first, then it changes the tone of any experience that we enter into with the intention to be more mindful. It becomes less of a rule or a diet or a, a should and should and or have to conversation and it becomes something that again is fun and is exploratory and can be that tool or that practice that can really enhance your intuitive eating journey and like I said earlier make some of those principles come to life. So what I like to define mindful eating as I've already kind of been hinting and giving away some of these but what I talked about in this post is that mindful eating is a tool to help you connect with your body and internal cues while eating. Again, some of the principles of intuitive eating do have to deal with acknowledging and honoring your hunger as well as acknowledging and honoring your fullness. And sometimes those very subtle cues of pleasant hunger and fullness can kind of be challenging to tap into if our mind is always elsewhere when we are eating, right? As some of these cues are kind of quiet or rather subtle, then how are we thinking that we are going to pick up on them if we are always on another frequency when we are engaging? And an eating experience. So again, it can be a tool to help you self-connect and tune into how you feel around food or how certain foods feel when you ingest them or how much you might need to feel full and satisfied on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. The second thing that I preface there kind of in sharing that story with my client is mindful eating is not a requirement by any means for every eating experience. Some of the ways that I see mindful eating being represented, again, I kind of joked earlier in that story with my client, 
of you know having to chew X number of times or having to really draw out the eating experience or sitting in a dark corner of a room doing literally nothing else, right? And you know, even though that final part of eating with no distractions can be helpful, it's not really helpful to enter into this conversation with the expectation that this is going to be realistic for every moment of every day. I think anyone who is sitting here listening can probably think about a couple of times in your daily life or in your history of eating where eating something in a fully mindful and slow and in tune way might not have been really fitting for a moment's notice, right? I think of, you know, a personal experience when I run out the door to teach a yoga class on a Monday morning that is kind of earlier in the morning, I don't always make the time to sit down and draw out my breakfast. Sometimes eating for me has to be more transactional, something to just help me get energy in my body so that I can make it through my day or a certain experience within my day baseline eating in a way that gives your body energy whether that's in a mindful or a non-mindful rushing around type of way, that is always going to be our first priority. So first thing that I would like you to take out of this conversation, if eating for you needs to happen in a more rushed or distracted way, just to ensure that you are getting fuel and energy inside of your body, then please, by all means, eat in any way that feels accessible to you. I do not want you or any of my clients or anyone who might hear this podcast podcast to walk away feeling like, okay, I have to wait for the quote unquote perfect time to honor my hunger because oftentimes there is no such thing as the perfect time. And if we are putting off or delaying our opportunity to honor our hunger cues, then that can set us up for more chaotic and, you know, out of control feeling eating experiences that will happen in the future. So again, bottom line, mindful eating is a wonderful tool that can bring you more satisfaction and self-connection when you have the opportunity to eat in that way. But please do not put the pressure or the expectation on yourself that it has to happen every meal, every snack, or else, because it is that binary way of thinking, that good, bad, should, shouldn't way of thinking that can really lead us down that diet mentality, that slippery slope, and can really make us feel not so great about an experience or a tool that is meant to empower us and make us feel better around eating. So the final thing here that I have already touched on a little bit, but mindful eating is inherently that weight neutral practice. It is a satisfaction enhancing practice. It is a curiosity giving practice. It is a fun way to experience food, the different tastes, textures, sensations, colors that maybe you have never noticed or experienced before. So notice, In that little description that I just gave, I said nothing about weight, weight loss, weight manipulation, but again, it is the the diet culture that we live in that makes us believe that this is a tool to be used quote unquote correctly so we can convince ourselves that we need to subsist on less, less food, less energy so that we can manipulate our bodies to be smaller. So if that is the 
impression or the idea you have behind mindful eating it is okay that is not your fault again we absorb messages like this from the twisted very sketchy diet culture that we live in but I just want to offer you that sense of permission like I said earlier to really view this practice for what it is a way to enhance pleasure enhance satisfaction discover things about food and your body and your cues that you may have never connected to before because up until now you have been so in your mind when it comes to eating with the shoulds and the food rules and the guilt and the oh my gosh I'm not eating mindfully right all of these things that really take you away from the experience of eating in your body. Something that Evelyn Triboli always says, one of the the co-founders of intuitive eating, she says that intuitive eating is an inside job and diet culture or dieting is often that outside job. So again, knowing that mindful eating is a tool that fits into the intuitive eating framework, we can really view it as a way to get back in our bodies without judgment, without self-shaming, without guilting ourselves for what we are or are not eating, but it's that way to get back into our bodies and self-connect throughout our eating experiences, which again is inherently a weight-neutral practice. So now that we have that firm understanding of how mindful eating and intuitive eating are different and a little bit more about what mindful eating is and isn't, I have a couple of tips here that I will offer before we part ways and reconvene for next week to help you access the tool that is mindful eating if that is something that seems exciting or important for you. So coming back to my story with my client, I actually have an exercise it is pretty in-depth that I walk all of my one-on-one clients through when it comes to mindful eating. It's one of my most favorite topics to cover because this exercise is so fun. But what I will do here for you, audience, is I will offer a couple questions to maybe ask yourself if you are looking to bring a little bit more mindfulness or self-connection into your eating experiences. So the first thing, again, if you decide that you have time and you have space in an environment that is lending towards a mindful eating practice and that fits with your life, again, it doesn't have to be an everyday or an every moment thing, but you decide, hey, this is going to be my mind moment with food today. The first thing to think about is how can I set aside distractions just for the time being And how can I be in an environment that feels comfortable and good and safe for me to be able to connect to my body throughout this experience? It's going to be really challenging to self-connect and tune inwards if you don't feel safe, if your environment feels really distracting or maybe you're in a hostile environment where people are yelling, right? That's not going to be the best or the most conducive place for this. So where can you be that is quiet, that is pleasant, that is supportive of this journey that you're about to about to embark upon. So once you have that space in mind, you have all distractions set aside for the time being, you can simply begin asking yourself questions that will engage all five of your senses. So little reminder here from our elementary school days, five senses being sight, smell, taste, touch, sound, Did I already say that? 
I don't know, I should have written those out beforehand. If I butchered those, maybe you can get a little creative and try to self-connect and figure out what your own senses are. But I think I touched on all of those, but this would be asking yourself questions like, what does the food look like to me right now? Are there specific colors? Are there textures? Are, uh, I don't know, is anything moving on my plate? I hope not. <laughs> we can bring a little bit of humor into this, but you know, how is this uh, experience visually for me? What am I seeing? What am I taking in? Then maybe you pick up on an aroma. What does it smell like? Does it remind me of anything? Does it smell sweet? Salty, savory, umami, if you want to get into that. Um, maybe just what am I feeling? What am I taking in through my nostrils? Then maybe you have uh, texture. So if you're like eating soup, I'm not going to tell you to like drag your hand through soup because that would be weird. I mean, if you want to, hey, you do you. <laughs> maybe you do something like, you know, pick up the sandwich, pick up the whatever it is that you're eating and see how it feels. Is it light, heavy? Is it smooth? Is it coarse? Does it feel like you thought it might feel? And then maybe you take a bite and you say, does it have a sound? Or what does the flavor remind me of? Or how is this feeling as it travels from my mouth down into my body, down into my stomach. So really, as you can see, there is no right or wrong way to go about this, but you're just entering into this experiment, quite literally, with the curiosity that a child might have. You know how if you're around a two, three, four-year-old, they're incessantly asking you questions all of the time? I know my moms can probably relate to that, but you're putting on that cap of curiosity saying, how can I learn something about myself throughout this eating experience? Or how does this make me feel? Or can I pick up on anything that is maybe different or unfamiliar or new that I maybe never acknowledged before because I simply haven't paid this close attention? So again, really no right or wrong way to do this, but approach your plate your bowl, your mug, whatever you're doing this with, with curiosity and give yourself space and time to explore and see if it maybe allows you to let any of these principles of intuitive eating come to life. So I really, really hope this was helpful today podcast. This is a topic that I've actually wanted to talk about for a long time here on the Yours Truly podcast. So if you found any of it valuable, it would mean the world to me if you could take a moment to tap those five stars, leave a rating and a review because very simply put, the best way for other people to discover our little corner of the podcast internet and to get these little knowledge nuggets these pieces of value is for you to hype up the show either on the app you're listening or take a screenshot, upload it to your social media to let people know that what we talk about here is pretty awesome and can be helpful in helping anyone to improve their own relationship with food, their own body, movement, bad jokes, <laughs> whatever they might be looking for. So my friends, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here, for spending a little bit of your day, your time with me. I truly, truly appreciate it. And until next time, we will talk soon.